and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased to have you join me today. Uh, I'm very excited about today's guest. Uh, she is a priestess, the co-foundress of the Sanctuary of Bridget, a genealogist, a registered nurse, an author, and her most recent book is really amazing. I've already spoken about it. It's The Magic in Your Genes. Please welcome Carol Crow. Hello. Hi, I'm so glad you're here today. I am so excited to be here. Uh, We're going to have a good time. We are, we are. <laughs> Um, why don't we start with uh, you? Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from. Anything you feel like sharing about yourself? Sure. So I'm Carol. Um, a lot of people try to call me Carol, but it's just Carol like a Christmas Carol. And I'm from New Orleans. I grew up in New Orleans. I've lived in New Orleans for probably 90% of my life. I like to say that I had a, a regretful 10-year foray into Southern Mississippi, but that's a long story. <laughs> No, no, no diss on the Mississippi people. I love Mississippi, but it was not for reasons. It wasn't good for me at the time. Um, and I actually lived there until just a few weeks ago and our whole family just kind of uprooted and we have moved to Virginia, which is, everybody's like, wait, what? But long story, but New Orleans is a fabulous place. It's very hard to live in. Um, so just for lots of reasons, we're here probably for the, at least for the next five years, but in the last two years, my husband and I have been traveling full time because he works remotely. You know, mm -hmm. COVID kind of brought that about. In the last year, we've been in an RV. So I've actually, depending on where we are at the time, we could be anywhere in the country, which has been a lot of fun. That's awesome. I would love yeah. to do that. I'm waiting yeah. for my kids to graduate so that I can do things like Yeah, <laughs> lots of fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, uh, let's see, I've been I've just uh I actually just made an Instagram post I just celebrated my 30 years of nursing wow congrats um I'm old <laughs> so I just realized I was like I graduated from nursing school 30 years ago and I was like what okay that was kind of disturbing I haven't worked at the bedside in about a decade though because of other things I've kind of shifted to more holistic type stuff but um and I'm a genealogist and I've done that since I was a kid, really. Um, I got an interest peaked in that when I was about 12. And my grandmother told me I couldn't like a boy at school because he was my cousin. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? No, he's not. I knew all my cousins, right? My mm -hmm. first cousins. Um, and she drew me a tree and she showed me how we related. He was probably like my third or fourth cousin. He was distant, but she recognized the last name. And I was fascinated. It, it felt to me like a big web. You know, I mm -hmm. pictured like it was like a spider web to me. And um, I was hooked at, from that point on. So it's always been a big passion of mine. Um, and it just uh, got interesting over the years. You know? That's that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, it is a super interesting. There's my dog, of course. A super interesting uh, topic. Oh, yeah. You know, that it's um, genealogy is something that's just it is for everybody. Mm-hmm doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, your life circumstances, whether you know anything or whether you don't, um, everybody has a story, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's really important for people to take a look at theirs, and, um, you know, there's lots of healing, there's lots mm -hmm. of healing in genealogy, you know, I think we're, you know, 
the past is filled with turmoil, of course, but we weren't there, so we haven't, we don't have lived experience with how things used to be, right? But in the here and now, I think there's a, there's a lot of pain out there right now. There's a lot of um, people feel disenfranchised, they feel set aside, they feel undervalued. Uh, you know, there's a lot of political discourse about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't want to get into anything political. But underneath all that, you can push all of that aside because everybody has a genealogy story. I mean, you Mm -hmm. have to because you're alive. Right. So you're here. So you have a genealogy story. And it just, it kind of bypasses all of that. And, um, you know, that's that's part of the beauty of it for me. Yeah, that's great. My, um, actually, sometime this year, I'm going to spend two weeks back home in New Mexico with my aunt, and she is transferring all of our genealogy nice. to me. <laughs> I'm terrified. That's ex- no, that's exciting. <laughs> Even if you don't know what to do with it, take it and preserve it. And while you're there, I would tell you to pull out your camera and video, make a list of questions like an interview and interview her about things so that she remembers about her, her grandparents or her great grandparents information that you might not have it's because it's idea. just yeah no absolutely interview and if she's open to it do a dna test for sure yeah we're all uh we're all on ancestry oh okay good so um, good 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 I'm always yeah gonna get my kids going because they have you know their their dad doesn't know his father and so you know there's like <gasps> oh, a lot going on are you kidding that's a mill. <laughs> That's a puzzle. I love those. Well, I mean, it's not as a great scene, right? I mean, you've read my book, so you know the yeah. story I have about that. Yeah. But, you know, I hear people say that, and I'm like, oh, there's so much to be discovered. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. daughter's been, like, on my butt. She's like, Mom, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? So I actually yeah. that I'm going to do it this pay period. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and buy yeah. them both. Well, yeah, do it because Father's Day's coming up, so they probably are having a sale. Oh, you're so smart. You hear that, everyone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> holidays, people, holidays, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Those That's are the biggies for Ancestry or any, probably any DNA company sale. Do you, do you have look. a recommendation of which one you prefer? Um, so I have, a, I have a formula, right? It depends on if you're looking for somebody or not. I mean, we're all kind of looking, but I always tell people to start with Ancestry DNA because they have the biggest database. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's usually where people gravitate to. Um, you don't have to get a membership when you buy the DNA test. So what I recommend to people is if they can do their DNA test while they're waiting, build their tree. Um, there's a way to hook your DNA results to yourself in your tree so that when mm-hmm. people match with you, they can go look at your tree. And it's important to remember that living people are hidden. So if you put your mom's name in there and you mark that she's alive, they're not mm-hmm. going to see her name. They're just going to see that, of course, you have a mother who's alive. Right. Um, and while you wait, and then as soon as your DNA results come back, um, do like a three-month basic just so that you can really dig into other people's results. Mm-hmm. Um in, you know, and then, you know, of course, look at your matches. And uh, then the second choice would be not a second choice, really. It's kind of like an addition if you can do it. I tell people to do 23andMe um, mm-hmm. if they're able to. The higher level they can do, the better. It's got great health information on there. Yeah. Um, but it also comes with a letter designation for your haplogroup. So um, what that is, is that's your deep maternal or paternal ancestry. So if you're a man or XY person, it's going to give you uh, a haplogroup result for your paternal line and your maternal line. 
if you are female or XX person, it's going to give you only the maternal haplogroup because you don't carry Y DNA from the from the uh, XY parent. Okay. So yeah. So if you're if you you know it's like if you had a brother, and you shared the same father, you could test test your brother to get your paternal oh. haplogroup. So it's not it's a, it's an upper level. So you know haplogroups can be really deep and detailed, but it it's kind of like um, like a tree. So each haplogroup letter has a tree trunk, right? And if you do some of the more detailed tests, you kind of get into the branches and leaves. Um, 23andMe gives you the trunk, maybe a branch, I guess. Mm -hmm. Not too detailed, but enough for you to know the history of that particular haplogroup and how they have traveled through time since the original um, lucky mother and favored father that come from Africa. And... I like 23andMe for that reason because it, it's, a, it's a less expensive way to give people that letter designation and it allows you to really open up your ancestry and do some deeper research about your, um, your ancient roots. That's interesting. I haven't done 23andMe yet, but that's, mm-hmm. that sounds like something I definitely So, want. you know, and that's also something that only one person in the family has to do. So, you know, like, you know, if you're, your aunt is your mom's sister and you have female cousins that come from your maternal side. You just need one female relative to do it. As long as there's no unbroken female line of descent and the same thing for the male. So if you have a second cousin that did a Y, you know, a Y DNA test and you know that this, they all go back to the same paternal line, you can take that information and know that that would be your father's line. You just have to make sure those relationships are intact. Okay. Because sometimes in certain situations, people find out that their right. parent is not the one that they expected. Right. And so, you know, it's it can be a little multi-layered. But to start, do Ancestry. And if you're able to, do 23andMe. When you get your Ancestry results, you can download that DNA. You can upload it for free to Family Tree DNA. You can upload it for free to MyHeritage and then they will charge you a nominal fee, like $19, um, I think is the latest amount that I've seen, to use their tools. But you get a basic set of matches from there as well. So for people that are searching, like if you find out maybe you don't have a parent expected or you're adopted or, you know, you were raised away from your family, your genetic genealogical family of origin, then that's a nice way to kind of search those ponds for mm-hmm. relatives to help you build a more complete story for yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's always interesting to see what comes up with ancestor, you know, with the DNA. Yeah. It seems like a lot of, uh, I mean. It's fun for me. I mm-hmm. am just, people, my family sees me coming and they're like, oh God, here she comes. You know, <laughs> because I'm like, hey, I, I, that was, well, it's in the dedication of my book for my family and my in-laws. Like I DNA tested my son-in-laws, my son-in-law's grandfather because there was a family mystery and I found it was a it was a break in the paternal surname line and I found out that his grandfather was actually the son of the man that they thought he might not be the son of but his father actually had a had a what's called a maternal surname transmission in 1900 which would have been a big deal but it was like it was like a kind of a scandal, you know, yeah. and they're like, how did you how did you figure that out? And I'm like, for me, it's like a big puzzle. Right. Mm-hmm. I just slide these pieces around and then you just look to records and census records. And, you know, there's so many ways to put a story together. 
That's so neat. Yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah. So you wrote um, The Magic in Your Genes. Yeah. Based on all the work that you've been doing in uh, DNA research. And you, since you are also a witch, <laughs> yeah. uh, made it magical. Yeah. You know, I was <laughs> nervous to write this book because genealogy is full of some real um, kind of stage scruff people you know it's like an mm -hmm. it's always been like an old person thing really except yeah. not except it's not though because uh -huh. I think really genetic genealogy in the advent of direct-to-consumer DNA testing has really opened up mm -hmm. this a lot it's opened it up in a lot of good ways and then there's some bad ways too because yeah. people are finding out but I don't know that it, is it bad to find out the truth you know, that's something only the individual can answer. Yeah. But it also opens things up to misinterpretation because people don't know what they're looking at sometimes. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons that I wrote this. And also because it has offered me so much, there's so much magic in this. You know, I think a lot of people base their witchcraft on, or, you know, their, their spiritual path, their, whatever you want to call it, their goddess path, their practice on ancestor work mm -hmm. yeah right I mean that's yeah. a basic tenet we turn to these we turn to the these people who came before us you know we stand on their shoulders right yeah um and so there's a lot of knowledge there there's a lot of healing there and I just thought that genealogy I mean how could it not be in an integral part of an ancestor an ancestral practice yeah you know, and so then, um, you know, I, you know, I, it just, it seemed like, you know, and then of course I had my own stories of the things that happened to me when I started to, you know, do work, you know, I, you read, you know, my husband is adopted and there's a whole story there. And then, you know, my family's own adventure mm -hmm. <laughs> into, into the, into the genealogical realm of mystery. And, um, you know, and it was my ancestral practice that, helped me navigate that and these things also strengthened it and it pulled things out you know I always like to say you know shining a light on something decays the stench mm -hmm. of the secret it hurts but when you shine a spotlight on something and you lift off the darkness from something that is a secret and it's been festering for decades sometimes mm -hmm. you know it from there on you just you just breathe you just breathe and it's out it's there mm -hmm. you know it's like pulling off a sticky band-aid right that hurts but the wound underneath gets to be opened up and you can clean it and you can expose it to the sunlight and begin to heal yeah you know and I think that's really important and I also think it's a tool that so many people could use today who are hurting because of their uh, family dynamics for mm -hmm. whatever reason you know, you don't have to sit with the people that are around you that cause you pain. You can step beyond them with genealogy and you can access the stories of your own history and you can draw strength from that. Yeah. Or you can, you can see what's back there that's not so great and you can make it a point in your lifetime to adjust that, you know, and, and, to, mm -hmm. and to improve and to shift your line. Even if you don't have children, you know, when you shift yourself into becoming a better person, you know, you're very influential on the people around you who yeah. often are going to have children at some point or, you know, you know, somebody that does. And that that ripples outward. 
it's like throwing a pebble into a pond. Mm -hmm. So, and that goes with a lot of things in life, but also, you know, when you work on yourself and you become a, a better, a better version of yourself, um, that has an effect. And I think genealogy can be a really big part of that process. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know what I really, what I really love about it is I know that, um, unfortunately a lot of records were not written, um, mm -hmm. or destroyed or whatever. And for those, those, those people that have that issue, I feel like DNA can really kind of help not, not necessarily heal that completely, but help you find where you come from and then you can learn about you know those places and the peoples that are there you know and and that can help you kind of feel a little bit more complete oh absolutely so there's a lot of you know whether um you know just populations that you can think of you know and people who descend from enslaved persons um can often have gaps in their ability to move past the 1870 census right because yeah their ancestors were just recorded as as numbers, really, male, right. female, in an age, you know. And so they've lost names, um, you know. But um, you know, genealogy can can fill it in a way that enables them to reach back. So my sister, my my um my one of my sister's daughters is biracial, right? And mm -hmm. um, she wanted to she. <laughs> She uh, was told in church, one of the in, uh, the church that they went to went on a mission, which, you know, I, I have thoughts about that, but we won't get into that now, um, over to Africa and came back with, um, now, why this white girl had a traditional Nigerian outfit is beyond me. But my niece said, told her, she's like, I just, I want to, oh, I love that. I, she was so attracted to it and she wanted to try it on. And they told her that she would be culturally appropriating this if she put this outfit on. And it pissed me off because she, she was very upset. Mm -hmm. And it pissed me off because she's like, I don't know what I am. And I'm like, well, you know, you know who your dad, but he doesn't know who he is either. How do we know what we are? You know, I don't, I could be Hispanic. I could be black. I could be whatever. Because she's very, she's a light skinned black woman. Mm -hmm. um, and she, but she, she, a lot of people think she's Hispanic. So it was just this, it was this whole big thing. And I felt so badly for her. So I asked her if she wanted to do a DNA test and it came back and her biggest percentage was Nigerian and it tickled the shit out of me. Oh, I don't know if I can curse. Oh, it tickled, okay. Well, it tickled, <laughs> it tickled the shit out of me because here was this young woman who was so drawn, like she felt like it, it pulled to her in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then she got these ethnicity results, which, you know, are an estimate, but still, right? You know, but it was on paper for her, well, digitally. And I think it gave her something, you know? She doesn't know who those ancestors were. She's probably not going to, because mm -hmm. um, I've done a lot of work on her tree. It's very gappy mm -hmm. um, on, her, on her paternal side. And, but it gave her something. You know, it gave her the power of voice to say, yes, I can, because that's where my father's family is from. Yeah. And, you know, so, and she was in her early 20s. It was just, it was, I, I was glad for her to get, you know, that she could see that. And so, you know, you have, look at all of the, um, the work that they do with Holocaust survivors and peace and families back together, which they're kind of at the, 
they're not at the end of it, but a lot of those survivors now are gone, you know, so those family connections, but they've done so much work with DNA to reconnect families that were lost yeah. due to this horrendous, this, just the, the horror that was the Holocaust, right? Yeah. You know, and then you have people who were adopted. You know, my husband was an adoptee. His, his adoptive mother picked him up when he was three days old. And that's all he knew for 50 years, you know, and, um, I, I realized, you know, we were young parents. I was 17 and I realized even then that I have a picture of him and we had just gotten home from the hospital and he is holding my daughter in his arms and he's looking at her and it struck me. I took the picture and it struck me when I took that picture that that was the first time he had seen anybody that was genetically related to him, Oh, you know? And I was like, I was just kind of blown away by that. And I was yeah. like, whoa, whoa, that's something, you know. And then when the time was right for him, actually, I kind of pushed him because I did his, uh, I did his 23andMe back in 2013. And it showed that he was a carrier for cystic fibrosis. And I was like, nope, okay, it's time to find people. This is yeah. not cool. I want to know what else is going on in your medical history. You know, and I said, our children have 50% no family medical history. And with today's world and the things that they're able to do with preventative care, I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that started the search. And that really kicked off the whole genetic genealogy adventure for me. That's which, really interesting. Yeah, which just kind of spiraled downward before it came back up again. Yeah. You know, it really tanked. So it was a... <laughs> It did tanked. I was like, what? You know, so I had this huge, beautiful tree, you know, my mom's brother did a lot of genealogy and, you know, I worked with him and we had a huge, glorious family tree. I was very fortunate. And then I wasn't. <laughs> well, it's great that you have such a, a good attitude about it because I know. Well, really yeah, people. I was a tiny bit removed from it. Um, and it's been, it's been almost 10 years now. There's a lot of anger. So a, there was a lot of anger in the beginning with the story, you know, to the point that I took down my ancestor altar with my grandmother's on it and I put them in a box oh. and, um, cause I was mad, you know, I was yeah. like, ah, and I had to process everything. And of course, you know, there's so much more to that story, but, um, it was, uh, it was a process, but then again, there was healing in it, yeah. right. There was mm-hmm. healing in it. And, um, and now the, tr- there's the truth right. with the, he- with the healing. And so it's been dusted off and the lineage has been uncovered and I can look back and, and see who's back there and what their stories were. And, um, you know, of course it's a never ending process because you never get to the end of your family tree. Right. And, uh, you know, so this is something I'll be doing for the rest of my life. Um, but it feels, it feels good to have. You know, it's like sweeping the dirt off of a, mm-hmm. of a doormat, you know? Yeah. And I appreciate actually that you wrote about that in your book, uh, because it does show that it can be scary and, you know, you can find out shitty things, but yeah. also it's really a magical gift to know your history. It really is. And I think that's something that's important, uh, for everybody to know their history and to be able to write their story in the way in their own truth. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's lots of ways to have a family. Um, there's lots of ways to be, um, you know, we have our connections, you know, we have our genetic and genealogical family. We have the people that are influential to us and we consider family, our bond, you know, 
family by bond and not by blood. Um, and that matters too. So, you know, I think there's a lot, like I said, there's lots of ways to have a family and, uh, you know, genealogy is supposed to be the recording of humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's the story of it. And the story's not true if you're not getting the story. I mean, I can't tell your story, right? you know, you can't tell mine, only I can tell my story. And, you know, of course there's, you know, certain, you can't change genetics, you can't change who your parents are. You can't change that genetic slash genealogical history. Mm-hmm. But you can write and tell the story about how you existed in the world and who what people mattered to you mm-hmm. as part of your history. You know, um, some people don't want to document their genetic slash genealogical family tree. They can't. They won't. Mm-hmm. They're not going. And that's okay. You know, I mean, we don't have information on everyone in the past, but they can document the things that mattered and that's their story and they have the right to tell it the way they want to. And I think that's really important. You know, a lot of traditional genealogists are like, Oh no, you've got to put this and this and this. And I'm like, but do you really, how is that? Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, it's the, it's the facts, but it's not all the facts. Yeah. You know, the fact is, yeah, that might be somebody's genetic father, but if he was never around or he was a piece of shit, and this other man stepped in and raised this child and loved them and whatever. That person has a place in this in this person's story. Yeah, absolutely. You know? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I have um I have a an egg donor and a and a mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're not the same person. <laughs> right? Sure. No, absolutely. You know, in that um I think from a health standpoint, you know, my medical background always kicks in. I'm like, you really need to know your genetic history if you Mm -hmm. can find it out. Um, But, you know, and if you can't, there's tests they can do nowadays that kind of gives you just an overview, right? But still, it's nice to know about things like hypertension or, you know, BRCA1 and 2, Mm -hmm. heart disease, stuff like that. It's important, Um, you know, but people get to it I think it's also interesting too like for someone in your situation so you have an egg donor you know you have your mom that's the influential person the influential mom in your life you know her story matters too because that's the energy that was mm-hmm. put into you to make you the person that you are yeah you know you also have that mitochondrial DNA from your egg donor um, that powers everything that you do and while your relationship with that person maybe non-existent or whatever it is that's still the energy that you carry within you from that maternal line so Mm -hmm. you know but you can step past her you can step past the grandmother Mm -hmm. when you get that letter designation for your mitochondrial haplogroup you know it gives you the history of that maternal line so you know it it's um it I think it matters it matters yeah. to know. Now, what you choose to do with it is up to you, right? right? Yeah. But I think knowledge is power. And I think with genetic testing, being able to offer people this access to information that we didn't used to have, um, it's, really a way, it's, just, it's really a way to empower yourself to take charge of your story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my egg donor didn't become my egg donor until, you know, late in life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it, I understand. But now that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it happens, you know, and that's the, that's the kind of story, you know, it's like what, you know, what was your relationship like with your maternal grandmother? Yeah. You know, yeah. was that, did you know her? 
I did actually. And I was very close with her and actually her husband just passed away yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's um. so uh, some people know this and some people don't, but when your egg donor mother was, <laughs> it was in your grandmother's womb. So were you. Yeah. So your grandmother actually carried part of you when she was pregnant. Yeah. That's with, with your mom. Yeah. So, you know, so those connections are there, those vibrations are there, that mm-hmm. energy is there from your, from your grandmother, um, you know, and whatever was going on in, in life while she was pregnant with your, with your birth mother, your egg donor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, so, I even thought about that. Yeah. So, you know, I always, people take a look back at what was going, what was going on when she was pregnant with her and you were just forming in an ovary as an egg back then. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's anybody. So that's also for XY people, men, male, you know, however you identify if you're an XY person, you too were also present in the ovary of your mother when your grandmother was pregnant with her. Yeah. So that's for everybody. So I said people look back at that energy. What was going on at the time? Yeah. I love Um, this term that you're using XY person or XX person. That is so... It's perfect. You know, it's, I, so it was really, so let me tell you, I'm going to tell you why, how I got there. Um, so I wrote this book, you know, I'd sent it in, like I told you, like five years ago and mm-hmm. Judica was like, you know, I don't know, just, uh, you know, in her very nice way, but forthright. And I was like, right. okay. So I sat on it, sat on it. And then she would nudge me every now and then about, Hey, what's going on with that book? Right. And I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, you know, so I finally finally pulled myself together, resubmitted another proposal, wrote the book and I read it and I was like, hmm, this is a genealogy book for a straight white person. And I, you know, and I was like, that is not cool from, for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, I can't, I can't do that. I have so many people in my life that don't fit that narrative. Right. Yeah. And so I tore it apart. I was like, and my husband was thought I had lost my mind. I was frantic because my dead deadline was coming up. And I told Judith, I'm like, don't bother me. I'm busy. I'm <laughs> writing. And she's like, she's like, okay. You know, I completely ripped it apart. I called certain people that fit into different demographics. And I'm like, I need to know I, I'm tearing this book apart. I, I've got to, I want it to be inclusive but it's challenging because genealogy is all about genetics partly and how do I balance that and what's your story you know so I talked to a a gay man I talked to a trans person I talked to a lesbian I talked to an adoptee I talked to a person descended from enslaved people you know and so I wanted these because I don't have that any of that lived experience right? right Yeah. I am a straight white woman with two kids and, you know, I'm just, I, that's my story. So right. it's, you know, you have to, of course you have to be really sensitive when you're writing about other people who have a lived experience that I have, you, I know nothing about. I mean, what do I know about being a gay man? Not a damn thing, right? but I have many that I love, you know? So, I, but I wanted to be, I wanted to be representative. Like I really do believe genealogy is. So I was going about it and I'm like, it was awkward to, because genealogy in its standard forms refers to man and woman, uh-huh. um, mom and dad, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, and so you have to write in a way that reflects what's current and at the same time to be inclusive. So, right. of course, as we know, a trans woman is going to be an XY person. Typically, there's sometimes they're not, but typically an X, you know, is going to be an XY person. So I wanted anybody to be able to pick up this book and see themselves, you know, and it's not perfect. I really struggled. I struggled so much with it. I was, I was so nervous about this book being published. I was like, Oh, I know that I, I, I have probably messed up somewhere. Um, and I'm sure someone will educate me, about that. <laughs> they, but that's they, okay. They always... But that's okay. That's okay. You know what? I'm open to hearing because yeah. I want to know. I want to know. So the next time that I write about it, I mm-hmm. can adjust. Yeah. And but I wanted people to at least pick up this book and think, okay, someone gives a shit about my genealogy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is genie. That's what I said. This magical path is for everyone. And so I try to refer to, you know, man slash. XY person, mm-hmm. XY parent. And I do defi- because because so many people are unfamiliar with you know you throw a bunch of letters in and people are like oh god it's like algebra let me get away from this. Uh-huh. So I you know I do kind of put in the the traditional I, right. I hate that I hate that word that's really not the greatest word but the sta- even standards wrong. What's been used pre- so far right. man woman. So I, I there's a lot of slashes in there. Man mm-hmm. slash XY person, you know, father slash XY parent. Right. But it's important. It's important, you know. And I, you know, another thing I noticed too, um, being on Twitter, that's a that's where I do a lot of my genealogy interaction with other oh. people, is that Gen Z genealogists that are coming up now. Let me tell you something. These 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 children are adamant about inclusivity. Oh, yeah. And, and I am so here for it. I'm here for it because no matter what your political inclinations, your personal beliefs, your thoughts, your questions, genealogy is for everybody. Yeah. And that is not, it is not even up for debate. It's just not. So I, I don't know. I worked really hard to, um, to come to come forth with this kind of language because I I, it's really important to me that people feel like they have a place in the story of humanity because they do yeah well and this is coming from you know a straight white woman as well who has two children and has (laughs) very (laughs) traditional um historical female role etc 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 um I really think the only people that could would possibly be offended reading this book are uh, racists and homophobes. <laughs> I, you know, I can't disagree with that. But you know what? You know what? That's not my problem. I know. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you carry that weight because I'm okay with it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm okay with it. You know, that's not to say, you know, I, you know, I, I just, like I said, you know, Everything aside, the base part of this is what's important is that this is for everyone. Everyone can yeah. access this magic. Yeah. Everyone has a right to their heritage and everyone has only, I mean, it's not that they have the right to tell their story. Nobody else can. Right. Exactly. Nobody else can tell your story. So let's tell people, pick up a book, do a DNA test, make your tree. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of places now they're making it so that you can, you don't have to default to a male, female pairing. 
Right. You know, there's changes coming about where you can choose your gender. Mm-hmm. There's changes coming about, you know, and for I don't put gender in my tree a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I don't have to on Ancestry. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't degrade my tree and it doesn't make it any less quality. It's yes, that's a person. And that mm-hmm. person was with this person, you mm-hmm. know, and that's it. Right. right. So, you know, you, we don't know 150 years ago if great, great, great grandpa was not a gay man who had biological children with a woman, but maybe he had a really full life elsewhere, uh-huh. you know. So you don't know all these stories from the past. And so, you know, we do our best to muddle through and document what we think we know. But, you know, there's, a, there's um, oh, what is their name? Lex Ritchie. Is it Lex Ritchie? Does a lot of, um, a lot of work about queer ancestry. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think their pronouns are they, them. I'm, and I'm sorry, Lex, if I'm not getting that correct. Yes, Ancestor and Spirit Work, Lex Ritchie, yeah. And, um, you know, they're all about, you know, de-genderizing tarot and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really just, it's interesting. I like to see all of the ways that people are working to um, deconstruct and rebuild in a way that just lets people live, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what it's about for me. So, you know, I'm living my life. You know, you live your life. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if you're not hurting children or killing puppies, right? I mean, you're grown. You know, whatever. Yeah. So that. that, Yeah. I mean, really? You know, if you have two consenting adults and, and, you know, if you're a productive member of society, you're not hurting anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, what the hell is wrong with people? I I don't know. I, I, um, it's, it's a puzzle, but. Uh, you know, I try to stick to the genealogy parts of it, and uh, I will, that's a hill I will die on, is that it is for everybody exactly how they are. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Great. I love it. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a, a fav- well, an ancestor that just makes you, ha- like, speak a story you want to share about an ancestor? Yeah, okay, so I... <laughs> I have, um, I have what I call my vampire ancestors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are from Ohio and I did not know about these ancestors. I came upon, I connected with a, this, like a third cousin. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, she sent me the story about, and this is documented, it's the vampire panic. His name was Philip Saladay is the last Saladay is the last name. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna forget the exact names. Anyway, these people all had tuberculosis, right? So they were dying of tuberculosis, right? And they all they thought at the time that what was happening was that the dead people were disinterring themselves and walking around the house at night and making everyone sick. Oh my gosh. So these people dug up their son, right? Grown man dug up his grown son cut his organs out, set them on fire, and everyone had to inhale the smoke. So I have a great, well, I don't know how many times grandmother she was, it has a diary, um, and it's in that diary about this thing, because she talks about how she got very sick, and her husband got mad at her, but she was pregnant, and so he didn't, 
he, he they, she found out she was pregnant but this did not work um everybody died except for one son and that's the son that i'm descended from that's the uh-huh. one survivor uh-huh. so it was part of this vampire payment i was like how crazy is that so i love this story about you know i always think it's fascinating about how people used superstition or they used whatever means they thought it had to deal with medical issues that actually have you know there's a medical basis for what they thought was going on you know because there's all like you know the ill humors in the air and all these right. things that people used to think um i have an ancestor that came over um uh anna maria schaff um her maiden name was Fultzloger. And they were from France, and they came over on a, what was called a pest ship, uh, to Louisiana in 1721. That is my maternal line that goes back, so I have very deep roots in Louisiana and the New Orleans area on my maternal side. And their ship, of so many, there was a group of ships that came over, and most of the people died. They, they lost so many passengers. But this particular ship was captured by pirates. And yeah, and it's, you know, and she had a baby on the ship and it was just this story, you know, and I was like, and let me tell you, Louisiana in modern times is a tough place to live because of the bugs and the humidity. Uh I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine this place in 1721. Oh my God, add all that other crap, huh? (laughs) No, and and so she only lived for three years after she got here. Uh, She's buried in the cemetery in St. Charles Parish and um, she, but she was my female progenitor here in the states and my and the the furthest back female ancestor that um i've been able to find on my maternal line yeah i think she's my she's my eighth great grandmother have you been to her grave yes wonderful well it's the cemetery her that particular spot now is not there's just a plaque okay yeah but um you know, and it's just, I have, um, you know, just different, uh, you know, I, with the story that I discovered about one of, about my father and his, his paternal line that was, um, there was a lot of turmoil on, and I found uh, a story about, it's a sad story, but his, um, and I can't think, I can't think of how many numbers these grandmothers are. Anyway, the, this grandmother, her name was Cecilia O'Haran. It's how Irish is that, right? Right. O'Haran, <laughs> you know, and um, her son, James, lived on a farm together in Pennsylvania, um, and her other son lived right across the border in Ohio. Well, they got the flu, 19, mm. in the Spanish flu epidemic, and there's newspaper articles that I found that talks about how the son came from Ohio, discovered how sick they both were, um, got some neighbors to take care of the farm animals, put them in a sleigh. And went through this massive blizzard. This is like multiple newspaper articles. The sleigh almost overturned. It took them hours to get down there. And they both ultimately died within a few hours of each other on the same day. And um, But these newspaper articles were also how I uncovered a lot of information about this particular family line that I had been looking for. But it just really struck me that there was this, you know, I see her in earlier newspaper articles back when they used to write about people going to visit each other. You know, so it would say, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Celia Carroll, that was her married name, was Carroll, which is amusing to me, um, was visiting with so-and-so on this date and, you know, whatever. So you see all of her social activities and then you see this terribly sad story about how she died. You know, she never regained consciousness. Her son woke up one time and wanted to know where he was. 
and then he also mm -hmm. died. They were, I mean, he's very sick, but they died within hours of each other. Wow. And, um, it was just, it was, um, it, it was, it was kind of heartrending, you know, it's really a touching story about just this swift and brutal end to some, you know, at this horrible epidemic that was sweeping the world at the time. So, yeah. um, yeah. And, uh, you know, just these stories about people coming over and, you know, arriving here and, you know, I have uh, one ancestor that actually ended up not being an ancestor because of reasons, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, he has a last name that sounds very French, but what it actually was is he was Italian and came over, New Orleans was a big uh, entry port for Italians, mm -hmm. um, and he came over and was placed with a French family who did not speak English. Oh. He didn't speak English. So he told them his last name and it got morphed into something that was French. And that's the name that the family carries now. That's so interesting. You know, yeah. my, my children, um, so their last name is Malone. Mm -hmm. And my ex-husband's, um, I think it was his grandfather, uh, was from Mexico. And their family was Melon. M-E-L-O-N with the mm -hmm. Asante yeah. O. But he was uh, born in the United States. And so, you know, United States was like, oh, Malone. Like, oh, okay, the Irish name. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah, well, I've got, I've got, happen. yeah, I've got, an, of course, there's all kinds of name changes just for pronunciation. But I've yeah. got a, a family from Ustica, Italy, which uh -huh. is a little, a little tiny island off of Sicily. And their last name was Monfrey. And it morphed into Mumphrey, which is Irish. And I'm like, how on earth do I have Italian ancestors with the last name of Mumphrey? And I was Mumfrey. like, I don't think that's right. But it, it was just changed. It went from Mumphrey to Mumphrey. That's so interesting. And so you see a lot of French names in Louisiana actually have German roots. And people don't know that. That's they were Yeah, they were changed um, because of the, the church over here and the, the language that was spoken over here. Huh. There's a lot of... Uh, like, you know, like there's a name Haydel that's very considered very French here. And it was actually a Heidel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, um, there was another interesting one. Oh, there's one, there's a common name down there, LaBranche or LaBranche, right? Mm -hmm. That came from the German Zweig. Z-W-E-I-G was the name they came here with. But that means branch. Okay. <laughs> so they're called the branch. They're like La Branch. La Branch. So if you come from La Branche or La Branch, if you that's your surname, you need to look back because it's Zweig. <laughs> that's know? so interesting. Yeah. And it's so it was like this translation, you know. Right. And, yeah. Now, of course, there's a big, it's always a big um, thing. People say, oh, my ancestor's name was changed at Ellis Island. Typically not true. Uh -huh. That's a, that is a, that's a, mis, that's a kind of a misnomer there that, you know, they were changed at Ellis Island and, um, typically not true. Um, but things like this happened where people would come in and there, there was a language barrier mm -hmm. when their names were recorded, especially if you could not read or write, Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever your name was, was got good, what got put down by the person that was trying to interpret what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just saying. I'm yeah. going to switch us up a little bit from genealogy. Okay. Still a historical question. Okay. If you could meet any witch in the present or in history, do you have someone you would like to meet? You know, in the present, 
I think that um, I think that I would like to sit down and have coffee with Starhawk. Yeah. I've been to I've been to I've been to her. I've seen her speak. I'm actually going to England next month to see her at the Goddess Conference over there. Um, I would like to sit down and just like have time to sit and and have a conversation. She's so interesting. She's got so much history in this path for for decades now, right? So she's seen so much. Mm-hmm. Um, another person that I actually this and this is crazy. I missed out. I could kick myself. I was coming back from Pantheacon in 2012 and I got on the plane. I'm sitting down and the lady across from me saw the book I was reading. And of course you're on a plane, right? You just right. Um, it's tired. It had been a lot, I had so, a lot of fun while I was there. And I, I was polite, you know, and I, she looked like she wanted to talk, but I picked up my book and I started reading. And right at the end of the flight, I realized I was sitting next to Margot Adler. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> You know, of course, we're all getting ready to get off the plane, right? right? And I was like, oh, my God, I could just kick myself. I could kick myself, you know, and I just, um, yeah, yeah, I think that that, uh, but I think if I were to sit down and have, because I've, I've, I've met some amazing people, you know, um, of course, Judica, Evo Dominguez is amazing. I love him. Huge fan. Um you know, just, uh, just these people that have just been around for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. And have just have seen, have seen the way that witchcraft, the trajectory of it and how it's kind of unfolded. And, um, yeah. 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 You know, and in terms of history, I don't know. I, um, that's hard, right? It's like, mm-hmm. who, who, do, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one historically. Um, hmm. You know, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would want to talk to like any of the big folk that you that you think you have in history. I think I would want to. I would want to talk to, like, um, somebody from, like, who was a a village wise person, mm. in like some place that I have ancestry, like Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, where do these superstitions come from? What's the, I would like to delve into these things that we think we know. Yeah. Um, but maybe we don't. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd like to know, like talk to the source, you know, and yeah. if you could, if you could like translate that and translate across the generations and not terrify the crap out of them, you know, um, <laughs> you're coming in, Hey, what are you doing this for? You know, um, just to, just to get a kind of a bird's eye view of the traditional, folk um real life craft of people who just lived it it wasn't a it wasn't a thing it didn't have a name it wasn't really I mean of course they had a title they were a healer or whatever whatever the title was for that person in the community but it was just a part of life Mm -hmm. and I think that's what I love about reading about these these old things it's just a part of life there was no special thing you weren't initiated into being this thing you were just this thing because that's just how you lived yeah yeah and I think you know that's my view of it now of course there were organizations and whatever I'm Mm -hmm. sure there were different points in time you know but just for the general person I want to just go back to when just to meet somebody that just that was just their life that's just the way they lived 
Great. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so do you have any other books that you're working on or thinking about working on? I do have something in progress. I'm getting ready to seal that up with Wiser. Uh, Laura, who's my um, co-editor on Bridges Light, she and I are working on something together, and I can't say anything about it. I'm super excited about it, though. Oh, my God. It's different. Um, it uh, doesn't have anything to do with genealogy. Well, it has a kind of maybe a little bit to do with genealogy, but it's. I think it's an important book, and uh, I'm really excited. We're probably halfway through it maybe and uh so i'm hoping it'll come out in 24 that's exciting that's it is very i'm exciting and i'll be able to say more soon (laughs) okay that's fair i i hate that it's like oh i have this great thing but i can't tell you about it that's yeah that's fair i'll 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 pick on you later (laughs) okay (laughs) so do i know that you were the co-founders of the sanctuary of bridget Mm mm-hmm do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because that's very interesting to me. She's, she's my deity that I work with. Yeah, isn't she so, amazing? Yeah. So Bridget, for me, has always been a little rumble in the background, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, like she is for so many people. Um, she feels, I think people underestimate Bridget. They see her. Someone told me once that they um, that she was a beginner goddess, and what? I was like, I was like, excuse me, but whatever, that's your thought, right? So um, she's very. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, how much do you know about this anyway? So, but she, there's an air about her. You feel like you can just sink back to mm-hmm. me, but she doesn't put up with any shit, right? So, yeah. Um, when I met Laura in 2019, I had been working with Bridget Pretty pretty uh pretty intensely and um so had she and um so we were going to a gathering um she actually I did I had not met her in person she picked me up from the airport because she was the one who was available to come pick me up and uh we had about an hour and a half drive to me what was this terrifying landscape of snow and ice I am from the south I do not drive in the snow uh, well not I'm, I'm I think I'm fixing to though when the winter comes I think but uh so watch out, watch out, Virginia. I'll be driving in the snow. Um, you know, and I was terrified. So we're like, she's talking to me because I'm like, oh my God. I said, how are we going to get back? And she's like, it's fine. And I was like, okay. So we're driving through this frozen landscape late at night. It was like a horror story. And we just started talking. We had so much in common, so much in common. And we just, we just hit it off. And we were talking about this, you know, I was like, uh, we just felt like we were called to do it, I guess. I hate mm-hmm. to say this, called to do it. Um, it just felt like something that needed to happen. Right. And um, so we had, you know, we so we did that. We had plans. We were talking about doing retreats and, and really bringing what we loved about her to people. And then COVID hit and it kind of changed the landscape. I had to cancel things and whatever. So we're like, let's do, <laughs> let's do an anthology. Oh, my you know, so that's where it morphed into. And out of that came this, this, um, what I think is an amazing, it's an amazing book. You know, we've got so many contributors and, um, we decided as an act of service to donate the proceeds for it. So, um, you know, this is a book that nobody's made any money off of. I mean, you know, the contributors had an honorarium, but it was a small one. So they were, it was not much, but, you know, just, there was so it just felt good um 
to be able to bring this goddess in in yet another way out into the world Mm -hmm. for people to know her and to know the different facets of her and to see how different people interpret her and how their relationship is with her Mm -hmm. um you know it she's really important for a lot of people you know because i i don't know about you i you know my path is very meandering i move among I move among goddesses. It, you know, I've worked with the Morrigan. I've worked with Hakate, mm-hmm. Bridget. I've done a lot of work in the last couple of years with uh, Ariane Rod and astrology. Um, you know, so, but Bridget for me is always in the background. Mm-hmm. She's always, you know, she simmers back there like a little simmer pot with this yeah. delicious, this delicious fragrance that just kind of passes your nose every now and then like when you have a simmer pot for me that's Bridget she's just there she's there and um yeah you know and so the energy you know that that comes from her stories and the land that she comes from you know most recently you know the Irish people and their stories about her and the way that they carried her out you know so this I see people that have no have had no exposure anywhere else that she's made their way into these remote places you know mm-hmm. and so we've got contributors from this book from Argentina you know um, yeah, just all over and just she's really integrated herself into different places and different different variations of her name and um, this is an old goddess you know Bridget is her current avatar or incarnation Mm -hmm. this is an old goddess she's old i truly believe that she is ancient um and she's just she has rippled and moved along and she's survived yeah yeah you know and um that there's a tenacity about her that i really love you know she's in it for the long haul and she's there for her people yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah do you want to talk a little bit about the Sisters of the Flame? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we uh, have a group. Um, it, it's on Facebook. It's <laughs> like everything, right? And um, so there's just there's a, a history or story of 19 priestesses that would keep the flame for her. Mm-hmm. And on the 20th night, she would keep it herself. And so we started it based on that. We had a rotation of people that came together. Every night someone takes a turn with a flame. We have permanent flame keepers that each have a shift. Um, and then there's, there's a, a, I don't know how many people there are in the group now. There's well over 100. And anybody's welcome to tend to flame. But it's just uh, we wanted to have a continuous uh, flame going somewhere mm-hmm. in the world. And of course there is, right? There's flames everywhere for her. But right. we wanted to initiate something ourselves that we kind of had our finger in the little in that little flame pie. So, um, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's, it's all just about flame keeping. That's what we, that's what it is. People post pictures of their flame or they'll post Bridget, a little bit of Bridget news every now and then, but it really is, um, just for sharing the flame the night that they keep and, uh, just knowing that that flame is out there somewhere. I love that. Somewhere right now, someone has a flame going for Bridget. That's great. So yeah, her light really does shine into the world always you know it lights a path well uh keep an eye out for me joining the group 
That's come so on cool. in. Come on in. We actually just restructured our schedule. So if anyone is interested in a permanent position, I think we have two open right now. Yeah. That's great. That's great. That's so, so wanna, interesting. If, yeah. If you want to light a flame once a month and be responsible for that particular date. Of course, anyone is welcome. I have flames all the time. I don't just stick to my date. Right. Um, yeah. So. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, so we didn't follow my, my list at all. And I'm totally in love with that because, um, I thought this was a much more interesting conversation. <laughs> I mean, I can run, I can run, I kind of, you sent me the list. I kind of ran down it real quick. I can tell you the things. Um, know. well, I, it's up I, to you. <laughs> I think of what I want to do is, is move on to having you share a spell or a ritual or a recipe. Sure. So, um, I have one that actually bridges light. Um, and it's, it's an easy one. It's, um, it's a honey and beeswax healing spell. And, uh, I I love this because it, uh, well, I'm just, I'm just going to read the, the page. So, uh, honey is well known as a wonderful and effective healer, a blessing and a sacred gift from mother earth. Legend speaks of bees traveling back and forth between our world and Bridget's otherworld apple orchard, carrying back with them what was needed to create magical honey. This spell captures the essence of that sacred bee magic and can be used to heal yourself or for the benefit of others with their consent. Um, So you get one small unscented all-natural beeswax candle and about a quarter of a teaspoon of local to you honey and a little candle scribe to carve the candle if you can some of them have the little honeycomb pattern on it if you can't carve it that's okay you can just put the intention of your name or the person's name into the candle and i always do like to remind people to ask if people are okay with you mm-hmm. lighting a candle for their healing um so if you can carve the name in there you want to do it three times you want to start at the top of the wick and work your way down i like it because you're pulling that healing energy into the candle um you want to envision healing for this person that you intend that their illness will decrease as the candle burns down so as the candle decreases the illness decreases um and you want to apply honey to the base of the candle in a clockwise spiral fashion even if it's little just rub your finger on the other side of it and then stand it up in a safe and appropriate holder of course so you want to anchor that healing intention with this healing honey Um, and then you light the candle and recite and you can this is on page 68 of the book by the way Um, Bridget of the healing flame bless this person with a quick and full recovery may your honeyed light shine on them and cause only health and a feeling of wellness to remain so you want to let the candle burn down and self-extinguish. If you need to snuff it before it's burned down, do so with the intent that you are going to return and relight it. And once it's completely burned down, you want to remove the metal wick base if there is one there and throw it away and take the remaining wax and bury it in your yard or in the pot of a house plant. Um, and just repeat this candle burning as needed. And when the desired result is achieved, you want to be sure to light a candle and thanks to Bridget. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's super simple. You know, I find that magic, it does not have to be complicated. It can be something that you can pull out of your cabinet. You know, if you mm-hmm. don't have a beeswax candle, use a use a birthday candle. You know, use whatever you can't light a fire. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so you can you can switch this up. You know, yeah. if all you have is a little is a little fire outside, light a fire, put some throw some hot honey in it. Write their name on a piece of paper and throw it in there and say, as this fire gets smaller and lets itself out, so too may their illness be turned to ash or go away or dissipate or however you want to do. You know, that's the beauty of magic for me mm-hmm. is that you do it how it suits you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Do you want, um, do you want to share a card poll? Yeah, actually. So I'm using the radiant tarot. Um, who is this by? It's the, it's the, um, Tony Barnstone and Alexandria Eldridge, but this is a, it's the, this is the, yeah, it's got the B on the cover. It's the radiant hair. It's beautiful. I, I love the art. So, um, it's yeah. It's it's just a it's just a gorgeous deck. So, all right. Let's see what I pull up here. Let's see what the message for the people is. <laughs> message for the people, right? Yeah. That's a vibe. What? What are the ancestors telling us? it and pull this top card and we've got the high priestess wonderful yes yes so i like this card of course who doesn't love the high priestess right right yeah. i know you can't see but this particular card has an owl in a blue dress sitting in a white winged back chair with an open book on her lap i'm saying her because it's okay their lap I'm going to take Lex Ritchie's lessons to heart. An open book in their lap. Um, and there's a moon on the chair above. So this card to me, uh, this card is all about hidden knowledge or what's inside you. Mm-hmm. What's, um, you know, this is intuition. This is dreams. This is esoteric knowledge, right? Um I think the message here, you know, she's uh, the high priestess is like balance, right? Yeah. It's masculine, feminine, up and down, sun and moon. So these opposites and balance, good and evil. And, you know, this is the doorway to inner realms. This is uh, so um, if I if I were to say in regard to this conversation and our topic about genealogy, I think the message that this card brings is to seek balance within yourself um, by looking into the knowledge that's there for you. It is there. It's inside of you. It's in your genes. Um, it's in your history. And you can bring balance to yourself if you seek out this knowledge that's there for you. Um, you have it. We all have an innate knowing of who we are. We're attracted to things partially from a genetic, you know, rationale. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so that that's, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Perfect, perfect card for this conversation. I think so. I, I, I like that card. This, you know, the tarot is such, it's so amazing. I am um, not really a tarot. I don't like read for people, Mm -hmm. but I'm a, I'm a collector, right? I am. I'm a total squirrel. (laughs) So, you know, I like this deck. It's got the, the art. Well, because when you pull a card, you sink into the art as well. 
right? So the art really can change the meaning of what you're seeing. Because of course the tarot cards have their, you know, their usual messages, but then the art kind of defines it a little bit or maybe twists it a little bit Mm -hmm. and kind of opens up a little nugget in your brain to make you think about something in a different way. Yeah, I just got a new tarot book or tarot deck. It's uh, not next to me, apparently. The Rosebud Tarot. It's new. I don't have that yet, but I want it. So I have like my fave deck is the Tarot of Prague. Uh-huh. I got a collector's edition years ago. I love that deck so much. It it fits me. It works for me. But I love the Radiant Tarot. I've been fooling with that. Um, and Nancy Hendrickson, you know who Nancy is, right? She wrote Ancestral Grimoire. Yes, and, um, I actually was just looking at that book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she. So she has she has a new um, ancestor divination kit that's coming up on Kickstarter pretty soon. Okay. And she she asked me if she could send me. Uh, a sample deck without all the accoutrement that comes with it and I'm like mm-hmm. sure I only have one post up on Instagram about it I need to do more I love this deck it's a it's kind of a double deck so you would like pull a card from each side or you could do whatever you want with it but mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing and it's like an ancestor and a message you know that is, is I can, I'm really excited about this kit that she's coming and I'm Very also cool. a, right now a huge fan of the seasons of the witch series by Juliet Diaz and Lauren yes. Anderson. Yeah, I'm waiting for the next one. I've pre-ordered them because I'm like, okay, I just like a deck for every season. The aesthetic on those is so beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, so that's uh, mm -hmm. that's funny. I'm also a deck collector, and my husband's like, another one. I'm like, shut your mouth. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna (laughs) tell you a secret. My husband, I don't tell many people. So we're in this RV, right? There's not a lot of storage there. Uh I've got stuff to, I've got, so the, I've got tarot decks stuffed along the sides of the mattresses. <laughs> my husband is like, what is that? I'm like, it's my tarot decks. I don't have any room in the drawers. So they're on the sides of the mattresses. And he's like, okay, he can't say anything because he's got a 60 pound bag of dive gear in the back. So I'm like, do not talk to me about my tarot decks when you've got all that dive gear back there taking up room. So it's a thing, but yeah. And I'm like, so I have to like come home every now and then to unload the goodies that I've bought on the road. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what am I going to bring next? So I have to choose. It's really uh, hard. It's I hard. Bet. Yeah. So it's like, I what bet. am I bringing with me? I, you know, cause you can't have an open flame in an RV. Yeah. Right. You know. So it's like, okay, I'll take it outside, you know, but if it's uh-huh. raining or the, yeah. So magic has been very interesting, you know, for me in the last year or so being in this RV it's 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 made me realize because I so I'm a Leo okay I have I love aesthetic and I like things to look I like to move into the aesthetic even though my magic I think is pretty simple but I like an aesthetic to go along with it Mm -hmm. it has really drilled down for me how little I need to do the things that I need to do I really just need myself that's great yeah I mean because I you know I am the magic these are the tools that I use because they, they, you know, there's an energy about using them for me that makes things happen for me, but I can do magic with just me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I love that. I love it when you get to that point in your practice Mm -hmm. where you understand that, but don't get me wrong. So when we do eventually move back into a house again, it will be all like it was before. I, you know, I downsized a lot of stuff and I refuse to get rid of any book or any magical implement. <laughs> and I've got a, let's see, after a decades of being on this path, I have a lot. So I think yeah. I've got 30 boxes of stuff. In yeah, that's, yeah, that's more than me. 
See, my husband shouldn't be mad at all. <laughs> no, he should not. I've got a lot. I got a lot of crap. <laughs> well, he gets he gets cranky at me because I, you know, I receive books like your book so that yeah. I read them and then have you on the podcast. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so I I just get books in the mail like all the time. And there's so many good books out right. Oh, there's so many good books that have come out recently. You know, I got a shout out to my uh, my my um, pub day. We're triplets. Um, uh, Antonio Pagliarulo that released The Evil Eye. At which, oh, right. Yes, my gosh. And then David Shi uh, released Spirit Voices, which is about North Asian shamanism. Um, I yeah. think I just ordered both of those books to look yeah, at. Yeah, you know, and I just, uh, I, I have more interaction with uh, Antonio on, on Instagram than I do David, but he's, I love, I love that man. He is so funny. And, um, you know, there's just so much good stuff coming out now. There's so many good authors out there that are just really have opened up this, this path to people. And, um, just, you know, it's like, you can kind of go out and do it now. It's not the way it used to be. Like you were like, Ooh, you know, um, it's just part of the world now. And I love that. And I love the voices that are coming out, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love doing this podcast because I really, really enjoy getting to sit and talk with, the authors and well, just, you know, witches in general is so wonderful yeah. to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's fun. And it's, it's nice to, it's nice to, uh, yeah, nice to network and, and make connections. Yeah, for because sure. That's what keeps us all, especially in this digital world that we're in just coming out of COVID and with the isolation that was there, the ability to connect, I think really kept a lot of people mostly mentally healthy right <laughs> it, it did for me you know yeah. I was like I haven't seen anybody in person in a year but I've got lots of friends online right you know, so it it helps yeah yeah well thank you again so much for coming absolutely I, I loved really, it I really had this is, was a great conversation thank you for uh, having me yeah absolutely and uh stay 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 on with me <laughs> Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I do want to say one thing if people want to find me online. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. My social media is I am Carol on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, I-A-M-C-A-I-R-E-L-L-E. And then I have a website, which is carol.com. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Is it carol.com or carolcrow.com? Uh, it's moving. It's carol.com. It okay. bumps over to carolcrow.com. Um, it, yeah, I'm simplifying it. So okay. Okay. For I'm my doing... new for my new adventures that are coming up, you know, with the right. new book I'm doing. Right, and, right, and, right. Uh, and in a class that I'm going to be teaching soon, I, it's not up yet, but it comes up on hopefully by summer solstice. I'm going to do a genealogy priestess. Oh course. my gosh. Okay. I'm yeah. going to need you to send me information on that. Yeah. As well, I will send it to you as soon as it comes up. I'm working, I'm working on the site now. I'm trying to finish it up so that people have an idea what they're getting into. But if people are interested, they can go to my website and there's a little thing at the top that says genealogy piece. Just so you can put your email in and then I can email you as soon as that comes up and it's available for signing up for. I love that. I'm excited about this class. I want, I want people to go into the world so they can tell other people that genealogy is for you random person let me show you how <laughs> yes that's wonderful. yes yes awesome. i will link all of those things in the sweet. show sweet sweet and i just thank you again and thank you for having me super excited to be here i appreciate it absolutely and we'll see you next time yes ma'am you can find me on instagram and facebook at the hearth and hedge on my website thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com 
I also have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com slash the hearth and hedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you.